nothing to do. I learned God worship when my pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives ready for love. Don't for a moment escape God's notice. Oh, that's that's serious. I wish I wish I just have that in both kind of hands everywhere that you <laughs> So you can do that over and over and over again. Amen? Amen. He said, I learned God worship. He didn't learn it until his pride was shattered. Heart shattered lives, ready for love. In other words, we will never truly appreciate the love of God until we get the problem saved. And each brokenness teaches and helps us to appreciate and appropriate another dimension of that love. Yes. 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 That's the reason he wants us to be broken. Now again, being broken is not talking about being broke, sick, misery, and all that. That's, that's not what we're talking about here. We are talking about a heart condition that is humble surrender to the will of God. And I'm telling you, with me and you, it just doesn't happen. God has to lead us in some places. In some places. Amen. <laughs> he has to take us through some. He has to. Uh, he has to almost put us in the corner, and then we have nowhere to go. Usually, that's what happens. Now, it would have been wonderful if it didn't happen like that. Jesus, as a pattern son, did not have to go through that. He was broken, but he came to be broken and accepted the broken lifestyle right as he can. Amen? So yesterday, on Sunday, number one, we referenced the Gideon model in Judges chapter 7, where Gideon had a picture, which I told us that that picture represents us. We are earthen vessels. We are pictures of God. We are containers for the glory of God. So we are the pictures. And number, number two, we have lamps or lights that is inside the picture. And you and I know that no picture can reveal a light if it's concealed. In order for that light to come forth, it has to be broken. It's just, it's just, I mean, it's just common sense. Jesus said you cannot put a light under the table. It's useless. You cannot give light to the root, to the house, if that's where it is. So in order for the light to shine forth, that picture of vessel had to be broken. That's number one. Now, I don't want us to just rest there and just say, oh my God, I've got to be broken, I've got to go through trials, afflictions, persecution. Don't, don't. If, it, if it came there, then you really will miss the whole story. Because Jesus showed us a beautiful example, pattern in Mark chapter 6, where he knew what was going to happen to those disciples, sent them out on a boat, and he went to the mountain to pray. And the Bible told us that as they were struggling with the storms, he saw them. So the point here is, no matter where you and I are, no matter where we find ourselves, Jesus is well aware of our situation, is well aware of our circumstance. Not only is he aware, he knew before it happened that it was going to happen, and he was already prepared for your rescue. Already prepared. Because he saw them, and before they could cry out to him, 
he was working to them. And so we need to remember that. We need to remember that no matter what's happening with us, he's acutely aware of it. He's able to rescue us through it. He just wants us to trust in his love. Because in one of the passages, those disciples says, careless not that we perish. So the issue was love. Do you really love us enough to help us? That's what they were saying to him. Amen? Amen. And then, of course, our friend Jacob, the prince of God, who had his own choice based on his own desires, and God has a totally different plan. And this is where I think the rubber really meets the road for all of us on a daily basis. Because Romans chapter 8 says, the spirit of God helps our infirmities in making intercession for us, not according to my choices. That's where we miss it. Or my desires. But according to his will. Remember Ephesians chapter 1 tells us that before the foundation of the world, he already made us. He knew us. And he created us for a purpose. So he has a design in mind when I came forth. So he is working with his own design to make sure that his design is what comes to pass in my life and your life. That's why we must be in alignment with him, praying according to his will, not according to our will. That is a very, very, very important point. So Jacob, as we saw, had a totally different agenda. He just wanted a beautiful woman, but God wanted a nation. And so his will and God's will were divergent opposites. And we saw from his life that God's will was ultimately working to pass, even though Jacob had to go through a lot of pain, agony, which would have been unnecessary. Remember the Lord's prayer? Let thy will be done in the earth as we are? It is in heaven. So which comes first, the earth or the heaven? Heaven. Heaven. So let that will be done in the earth as it is in heaven. So heaven precedes the earth. Heaven precedes the earth. So I must constantly seek to know what is heaven's agenda. Because you and I are here as ambassadors of heaven on the earth. We are not representing ourselves. At least we are not supposed to. We represent the agenda and the kingdom of heaven here on the earth. And so we should constantly be looking to align ourselves with what heaven has already said. Amen? Amen. And really, that's the choice we make every day. Every single day. You and I get to make the choice, am I going to do what I want or am I going to do what God wants today? And in those moments where we're struggling, that's where the brokenness takes place. Trusting God that in spite of, no matter what's happening, that God's good end is, is what's going to ultimately come to pass. Amen? Amen? All right, let's just talk a little bit and then we can pray. How do you see this playing out in your lives? Anybody's going through a recent breaking? Anybody here has, been, has ever been broken? How, how, how did you feel during those moments of brokenness? You see, because revelation helps you to, uh, what is it? revelation knowledge helps you to, to cope with the situation. If you knew that what's happened to you is a process, it's a pattern from God, then that understanding helps keep you and you don't have to run away. 
But if you don't know that you are in a process that has an expected end, which is going to be good for you, then you fight it. You fight it, which, which is very understandable. Okay, let me give you an example. You know, last Sunday I was talking to you about the, about the curriculum for the Bible school. Today, I got a response that I was from, the, from my friend. I, got, I finally got a response. They sent me an email today. But in looking at the email that they sent me today, they did not send a curriculum. They sent a catalog. Watch this. A catalog that simply listed the topics in a Bible school curriculum. Now, if I had pressed or if I had forced the issue before I went to Thailand, that's what I would have received. Watch what happens. Because I had no point of reference. If I had just received that, I would have said, wow, look at this. I got something. Because I have nothing to compare with. And what they sent me, like I said, it's just topics. Old Testament survey, New Testament survey, the Holy Spirit, uh, the New Covenant. No, not even an outline. Just topics. And because I have no point of reference, I will have received that and I've, I will have really started real work. Because now I see Holy Spirit. I'll be studying, doing an outline on Holy Spirit. I will see Old, uh, Old Testament survey. I'll be doing an I will have taken the time to start writing an outline on each one of those topics because I have no other point of reference. I will have thought that's the way it's supposed to be. Watch where I'm going. God in his grace and his goodness did not want me to be engaged in works. Because that would have been works. Outline after outline after outline. I mean, come on. That would have taken maybe another year or two to even complete them. Why? Because he already has a finished work waiting for me. Because what I finally got was a totally, completely finished work. Every outline given. How to do this. How to do that. The whole night, I don't have to do a thing but to start it tonight. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So in the in-between, you are looking at, should I I just call my friend, bless him out, force him to give me this curriculum that's going to involve me engaging all the works, all the heavy lifting? Or should I just wait and deal with my disappointment? Knowing and trusting God that if God did not like the man, give it to me immediately, God has a greater purpose. I'm waiting. I wish I had it, but I don't have it. So rather than mumble, grumble, complain, and get in a bad attitude, I just say, you know what? I don't know why you didn't say it, but God, I know you're doing something. And just wait. Because those that wait upon the Lord shall what? Renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as of eagle. They will run and not be weary. They will walk and they will not faint. You trust God in the process. Because now that the guy sent anything to me today, I, now, I, I knew that before, but I, it confirms to me it's not a bad man. It's nothing to do with him. It's God saying, don't send it to him. I have finished something that I want to give him. If you send this to him, it will, 
intercept what I'm doing in the spirit. So for me and you, every day we are choosing to get engaged in works rather than grace. That's a problem. Because immediately, yes, because immediately you, 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 you start making it happen. You want to do it. You are just, you are, you are at work. And at the end of the day, you will never arrive at the destination. How long will it have taken me to write the two-year Bible curriculum based on topics? Over 75 topics. Versus something that's been totally finished and available in 55 languages. Hello? And that's what's happened to us every single day. So what I'm saying to us is, what looks like a disappointment, in fact, is an appointment by God if you are rested in this finished work. Your flesh don't enjoy it because you, you, especially me, I wanted it yesterday. I wanted it yesterday. But just the discipline of waiting, okay, you're not going to get it yesterday. You have to wait seven days, ten days, twenty days because well, you know what? God is quickening something for you that's better than what you're looking for. And so, in life, that's how the whole thing breaks out. But God is just making you say, Wait. You're going to have to learn that discipline of waiting on me. Trust me. Others may get ahead of you while you're waiting, but just wait. You are not going to run your race by what others are doing. No, because I created you for a unique purpose. You are my special treasure. You are different from any other person. Just wait. Take your time. Wait. Be still before me. Know that I'm God. Just wait. Just wait. Man, I, I mean, I, I sat down there, I got that me. I said, this is crazy. You know what's so funny? The pastor actually called me this afternoon about 3 p.m. needing something from me. Needing something from me. Yes, yes, yes. And I didn't, I didn't even go there with him. I didn't even ask him. I did not ask. I did not even, I did not even reference the subject at all. We had a wonderful conversation. I hung up the phone and I said to myself, wow. I didn't go there. Then about three hours later, I got an email. I said to myself, man, this is, this is, I mean, this, this, this is just too much God. Yeah. God is good. God is good. Amen? Yeah. Pierre, Joseph Andrew, Joseph Foss. Uh-huh. And we say, oh, you've been a pastor from, ah. from your mother's womb. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so you understand the times, the signs, uh-huh. and the proceedings and the processes. Uh-huh. But we are just growing. Maybe by and by we get there. Is that not where we make disconnect? Can we just begin as a believer of two years old, six months old, and then get into this position whereby we learn to wait and trust God, knowing that his grace is already perfected things on our behalf. You know the truth of the matter? The day you got born again, you are equipped to do it. The day you are born again, the empowerment and the equipping to do what we just described is in you. 
Because how does it happen? The Holy Spirit. And, and, and you know, all day today, all day, in fact, maybe yesterday evening, I was talking to my wife. You are one of the greatest examples of what I'm talking about. I just can't share it in public. Now you're smiling. <laughs> he knows what I'm saying. I am serious. Just look at this man's life and his wife. Oh my God. I, I said to him, I said to her, I said, man, I wish one of these days he would release me to share. <laughs> it's the truth. Because, because we all go through some times in life where everything looks as dark and as bleak as it can ever get. That the average human being will want to run away like Jonah did. Go to Tashis. Forget Nineveh. Just get the heck out of Dodge. Ah. And God said, if you just wait, you'll see my salvation. And after you wait and the salvation of God comes, your eyes are opened. You now know God in another dimension. And nobody else can tell you that God is not who he says he is. Because now it's not just something you read, it's something you've been through. It makes all the difference. You can have all the theory and all the doctrine all you want, but when somebody's been through something and it came out on the other side, delivered and rescued by God, you can never take that away from them. Never. Monsieur Pierre. <laughs> answer it a little bit in what you just explained. I mean, because I'm trying to understand when you explain it, it makes sense. I understand. I grasp it. But in that moment, when you are going through the darkness of things, yes, is waiting the same thing as trusting God? Yes. Yes. Those two things is the same thing in that moment because if I'm waiting, yes, the way I'm translating is, hey, you waited for the guy to do whatever he wanted to do until he sent you the paper. But as a normal human being, I, I trust that God is going to do it for me. But yes. I still believe that I need to, to do something. Do something. Huh? I need to feel like I'm contributing to, like, even though I, I trust that God is going to do it. Yes. I, I don't believe that if I stay at home, it's just going to fall on my lap. I know what you're saying. It's going to happen. I know what you're saying. And the reason why I'm saying this is because yeah. I remember my grandmother used to tell me a story. It's like <laughs> when she was growing up, there were these people that because they came from, we come from uh, a fishing town. Yeah. And then she was like, okay, these people was, one of these men was trusting God so much that when people came and preached to him, it's like, you know what, I'm just going to stay at home. Everything's going to come to me here. I'm going to read my Bible every day and just pray. He did that for years and then he realized that, you know what, mm, I'm not getting anywhere. So he dropped everything and went and moved to the sea area where everybody was. And just that's where he started getting his life. And then that's when everything started happening. So I'm trying to balance those things out. Yes. So he's trusting the same thing as waiting. When I'm trusting God, okay, there are some corresponding things that's happening in my life. It's not just sitting down, folding my arms, and just reading my Bible and praying. Trust will, will empower me to just be in an attitude of praise. I'm praising God while I'm waiting. And I'm blessing him. I'm saying to him, God, I understand that you are working something in me. You are prepared. You see, in my case, 
Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want to take too much time talking about this story. But, 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 but if it's going to help somebody, let, let, let me give you a little, let me expand a little some. In 2005, I met a friend of Dr. Pastor Tony Bakari, Ross Tatro, who was running Bible training schools all over the world. I asked the guy back then for a curriculum about five times. I mean, I'm chasing this guy all over the place on the telephone. So finally, he sends me something. I still have it in my house right now as I speak. But by the time I received it, I was so weary of chasing him. I got it. I just put it down. Now, when I met this guy in Thailand the other day, and he's talking to me, do you know where he got his curriculum from? The same guy. The same guy that sent it to me in 2005. That's on my desk now. Was where he got his very first one from. The same man, the same man, Ross Tatro. Same guy. So, what's the, what's the difference? Now, of course, he's revamped it, refreshed it, he's improved on it. But the point I'm making is this I had the same information in 2005. Why did it not do anything for me then? I was not ready. So, the delay was not on God. But me, me getting ready so that I can walk into what he has for me. Mm, yeah. So for me and you, as you are as you are talking about waiting, sometimes the wait is not because God is not ready. The wait sometimes is because God say, today I need to put some things in you. Because if I give you what you need now, you'll destroy yourself. Mm. Unfortunately, we all live in denial. We think we are ready. Yeah. Yes. Yes. I will have to you then I'm ready. I'm, I'm good to go. God say, oh God, if you don't understand what you're asking for, if I give you what you're praying for now, you, you wish to send it back to send, uh, return it to sender. Because you just can't deal with it. Yeah, so, a lot of times, that waiting time is to complete something in us. You see, because it works in us, so it can work through us. Yeah. That's what Paul is saying in Philippians chapter 2. You know? That God is the one that's, uh, what's, working. Exactly. It's working in us. But to will and to the office, good pleasure. So he has to work in us first before he can work out of us. And so that's, that's, that's the major work. And once we recognize that, because we always deceive ourselves. We say, if, if, okay, if I said now, how many people want $10 million? All of us will raise up our hands. Who will turn it down? Who will turn it down? Everybody will say, I'm ready for $10 million. But by the time we leave, leave that parking lot, many, many, many of us will be shipwrecked already. <laughs> we'll be shipwrecked. We are not ready. And God said, I know you're not ready because you, ha- you can't handle $1,000. Yeah, so, yes. We have can, I, can I say something real quick? Yeah, yeah. Because um, I, w- I want to give a testimony of my situation at my place of work as well. Um, I, I became a systems engineer, a technician, now engineer for for the past 12 years, and I've been wondering, asking God, okay, God, what's going on? Why, why am I not getting the position? Every time I apply, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like one of the only three guys in my position that has a degree, a bachelor's degree. And everybody that keeps applying for the same position, they get it. I don't get it. They get it, I don't get it. And I've always asked, I'm, I'm asking God, I said, okay, God, what's going on? These people are getting the positions, and I'm not, and I'm not getting it. And he, and he told me, it was just a still spirit that it was like, there's going to there's gonna be a changing at where I work that will put you in the, 
in the, in the head of the class. And I was like, okay, okay. And then just, just the turn of this year, um, they started doing now cloud virtualization, which is kind of my expertise now. Because as people know in network, everything's moving to the cloud. Yes. <laughs> and <laughs> with, my, with my special expertise in that area, everything that we communicate with now hardware-wise is now virtual. And the first person, my manager was like, well, I know somebody that can teach, that can walk you guys through this whole, this process. whole setup, the whole process. And I'm, I'm sitting there in the meeting like, man, if I would have gotten the position this other guy had, because right now he's, he's in so much stress and there's so much work because, because of this transfer to this new system, all of, the, all of the old boxes are now being shipped away. So the position that he's in now, that I wanted, is, is being phased up. And I'm, I was sitting there in the car before, before <laughs> after the meeting, and I couldn't, I couldn't even say a word, man, because, because it's like, I, for 12 years, I've been like, okay, I want this position, I want this position, why am I not getting it, why am I not yeah. getting it? And then it hit me in the car, yeah. when I went to go sit down, like, there you have it. Amen. Basically, that's what the Holy Spirit was saying, was like, yeah. there you have it. So it's, you know, when you're talking about being broken, you yeah. know, not moving also is the also The disappointment breaks you. Exactly, exactly. The disappointment breaks you. Exactly. So the, the important part is while you are being disappointed, you don't get bitter. Yes. You don't take things into your own hands. Yes. You don't try to force the situation to make it happen. That's, that's the essence of it. Yes. So you are at rest while you are disappointed. Yes. That's the key. Yes. Just be at rest. I say, God, I know you're up to something. Yes. And keep on moving and keep on talking. Yeah. Yes, yeah, I, um, if I recall the story, yeah. the Thailand story, as you told it, um, you had, uh, I think, planned this meeting. And part of what the, you needed for this meeting was this curriculum. That's why yes. you were asking for it. That, uh, yes, in yes. Miami. That's yes. correct. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so it would have been very easy for you to cancel that trip and say, you know, because I didn't get this curriculum. And this, this curriculum is critical to what I need to do in Miami, that I'm going to cancel this trip. But you didn't. You no. still trusted God, yes. and you went. Yes. And so you weren't sitting idle. You were, in fact, moving along. You were, you were, in fact, taking action. Correct. And it was your obedience to say, I'm going to still go and trust God. Yeah. It, that intersected with providence in Thailand. Because if you had stayed here, you'd never have met that man wherever no. you met him. No. So I, I guess that speaks to uh, Pierre's question. Yes. That waiting is not passive. No, it's not passive. It's not passive at all. In fact... Waiting, when we understand waiting, is one of the highest forms of faith. It is. Because it's true. In January, in Miami, I announced to the leaders, we're going to start a Bible training. And I had no curriculum. I had nothing. But I also told them that I'm going to go back to the States and tweak it and get back with them. And then things began to unfold. So sometimes God will put words in your mouth that appear foolish. That's going to place you in a position of humility a position of vulnerability. You are saying things you have no idea how it's going to happen. And you're on record for saying it. <laughs> it's not just you're going to say to Stashade in the bathroom and say, no, no, no. You are now, it exposes to the whole world. You open your mouth and say some things. And after you say, did I say that? Oh my God. How is it going to happen? That's when it comes in. Yes. Yes. Oh, 
That's the key. You cannot wait without pure heart. Without pure heart. Because some people will cause them to death. They will say, oh, you know, you cannot. Your mother, everything. Yes, no, no, no. You can No, 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 you're right. No, 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 no. That's a good point he's making. That's a very good point. And that's what I was saying when I did not get the curriculum from Merrick uh, two, three weeks ago. I went through 360 degree emotions. Anger, disappointment, call him, call his wife, call his children. I mean, I had all these options. You know, what, what, okay, I should call the pastor. Okay, call the pastor's wife. Call the children. Do you know who I am? I'm on your board. I mean, all kinds of things. That I, but as, I, as the options came up, I canceled them out. One by one. One by one. One by one. So you're right. There's no way you can wait on God if your heart is not on him. It's, it's just not possible. Because while you are trying to wait, there will be interference that say, are, are you, why, what are you waiting for? Go do it. You are qualified. You are experienced. You have the knowledge. Come on, go do it. You know, so, so your heart has to be set. You are right. Absolutely. Yes. Um, 15 years ago, I, I read about brokenness in a Bible school. And um, one of the things that I asked God to do in me was to break me. <laughs> I prayed that prayer. He said, I wanted to be broken. And uh, not, long from, not long after that prayer, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, prostate cancer. Hmm. And um, I'm not saying that God gave me the prostate cancer. But I was diagnosed with that. And, and, and you, know, you know, the moment you hear about cancer, the, you know, the thing that comes to your mind is death. Yes. Uh, I remember one of the doctors, when I went for my first uh, um, surgery, he, he, he told me, this, this thing is not going to kill you. I said, oh, all right. But um, I, got my, I got the surgery... Uh, began the treatment, and uh, at the back of my mind, it was always death. Because um, each time I go, they would tell me, "Well, you know, the the you know the thing that they use in indicating, you know, in diagnosing the you know the uh, you know the, the uh, you know the, cancer, the PSA, it it just it just kept going going up. And each time, I was even afraid of going for the test because I didn't want to." You know, be told that my PSA was still going going up. Uh, but um, I think about three years after that, I read I read an article by by someone who had who had the same problem, who was a, who was a believer, and the article the you know, the title was "Do Not Waste the Cancer." Mm-mm. Say that again. He said, "Do not waste your cancer." Abba. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Do not waste your cancer. And that was, I mean, contrary to everything that I ever knew. Say, Do not waste your cancer. And I read through, and he said, one of the things that you do to waste your cancer is to just give in to it. And maybe God is going to work something out of it and you are there struggling and fighting and, and cursing and doing all kinds of things and just getting in a state of de- depression. Whereas we are not 
asking God, Lord, yes, I know that you are going to heal me, but these signs that I keep getting, what is it that you want me to do with it? Correct. So as soon as I read, I read that, I began to have peace in me. I said, well, I am not going to die until the Lord says, come home. Amen. I had, I had that conviction in me, even though when I go for the test, the PSA will, will still be up. But the moment I accepted it, I accepted it, so I said, do not waste the cancer. I said, I am going to accept this. I know that you did not give it to me, Lord, but whatever you want me to get out of this, I am ready for it. Hmm. And God began to use that to now point me towards helping others. That's the point. Helping others who yeah. have cancer. Correct. Correct. And today, I don't know the number of people that we have helped who have the same problem. Amen. And we go out of our ways, cooking for them, praying for them, doing things that I never thought I could, I, I could do. And each time I talk, I talk, I say, I have the same problem. You say, you do? I say, yes. I say, I'm reaching out to you because God is using that. God did not give me the cancer. No, no. That's he right. didn't give me the cancer. Yes. But through it, through it, I have learned to trust God. Complete and absolute trust in him. Amen. Because I say, well, the medical science hasn't improved to the stage where they can just take care of this. Yeah. But I'm going to trust God Amen. in this. Amen. And I know that yes. I will not die until God says, come home. Amen. Yes. Amen. So Amen. I had to pass through that stage of brokenness. Amen. Amen. A stage of brokenness. Amen. To the point where I would say, well, it is not my own will. It is your way. Amen. And whatever you choose to do with, with me, Amen. I am ready for it. Amen. And so really the comfort you receive from God, yes. you give that comfort to others. And that's, and that's the essence of that whole thing. You see, because if you became so self-absorbed and self-consumed, you will not be able to comfort anybody else. That's the problem with us. Because every living moment, he wants to use us to impact others for him. Remember, on Sunday I said we live in a broken world. Among broken people. And so the only way we can touch broken people in a broken world is that we be broken. That's the way we connect to them. Oh, you're going through this. Ah, let me tell you about my story. So all of a sudden, a broken person can listen to you because you also, they also feel like you are like them. Almost like the question that Joseph was asking. That because I'm a pastor. No, it has nothing to do with being a pastor. Or not. All of us. Grand zero. When it comes to the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow, that's powerful. Thanks for sharing that. And so really, we can receive strength from that, knowing that no matter where we find ourselves, no matter where we find ourselves, even if we are unemployed and we are trusting God for a new position, the same thing. How do you stay focused? How do you keep maintain your peace, your joy, while there's no income? Because there are many other people out there on the job market who's looking for a job and who's lost their mind completely. They're in depression. They can't eat. They can't sleep. They can't function any longer because they're just so scared that the means are not there. So God help us. There are many, many more examples. We're going to pick it up on Sunday. Uh, because I just want to establish this properly so we understand the process. So we don't think that grace just means 
everything on easy roller coaster, no challenges, no issues. No, no. Paul said, I prayed three times that you remove this thumb from my flesh. And God says, what? My grace is sufficient. No. In this situation, people are going to see how big I am in you. So much so the man was bitten by a snake. A normal snake bite him, mouth, I will kill. I mean, you are dead within five minutes. The guy shook the thing up, and he, what, you are still alive? Oh my God, what you got to say? None of us is looking for a snake back tonight. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. But God used that in Paul's life to be a witness to others around him. Praise God. Let's, let's pray. Amen. Let's turn to a feet, please. Thank you. Amen. So much has been said tonight. I just want to just thank God as your spirit begins to absorb everything that has been said. Just give him praise tonight. Just lift up your hands. Just hmm. Thank you, Lord. You are our comforter. Our hope. You're the pillar that we lean on. We thank you. You are our Father. How we worship you. You said, Lo, I am with you even to the ends of the earth. We thank you. Our comfort, O oh God, is that you love us. And we bless you tonight for it. We thank you, Almighty God, that we can say like Paul that everything that has happened to me has happened for the furtherance of the gospel. Because we have the supply of the Spirit of Jesus. That the scripture tells us for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame thereof. We thank you. That you are our strength irrespective of what we're going through. You're the strong tower that we run to, O God. Because we find our hope in you. You are the one that we anchor our hope onto. Because you never disappoint. You're a faithful God. Whatever you say you will do, you will do. Help us, O God. Lord, we can leave your scripture in Acts 17 that says, in him we live and move and have our being. That we can understand, oh God, that you are our rest. That there is nothing, oh God, that has come upon us. You say, such as is not common to man. You said that God will not make a way of escape. We thank you. We honor you tonight. We worship you. Tonight, as Pastor began to pray, a few scriptures came to art, and I just wanted to pray one of the prayer points tonight. I realized that one of the things that can hold us from wanting to go through the process, at least in my case, was fear. 
One of the things we're going to pray tonight is in regards to fear. Remember when Gideon had 33,000 or 32,000? The first criteria that God gave him was find out those among them who are afraid. In order to go through process with God, the first thing God deals with is fear. The Bible says perfect love casts away all fear and is all rooted in us not understanding how much God loves us. So tonight we're going to pray. Lord, give me a revelation of your love. Listen, that was, that's one of the most powerful prayers you can pray. Help me to understand and know that you love me irrespective of anything. I want to know, I believe that you love me. Reveal this in my heart. That Lord, I will be rooted and grounded in your love. That because of this love, I will be without offense. I will be without fear. I want you to lift up your voice tonight. Let that be your prayer. Oh, just talk to him tonight. <laughs> Oh, Father, I want to thank you tonight. You love us with a perfect love. <laughs> we thank you, Almighty God. You said, perfect love cast away all fear. Lord, tonight, this is our prayer. In every area of our life where fear is holding us bound, Father, reveal your love to us, we pray. Open our eyes that we may know the magnitude of your love. Father, that we may know the depth, the height, the width, and the length of your love that passes all understanding. That, Lord, our security will be that you love us. We can say, Almighty God, that, Lord, this we know, that God loves us. We can look at situations, oh God, and declare, oh God, that we know your love will see us through. My God, this is our prayer tonight. Open our eyes, open our hearts, let us know your love. Spirit of the living God, share the love of God abroad in our heart. Let it pour so much, let it flow so much, that Lord, our entire being is lived out of love. We live out of love, we talk out of love, we understand in love, oh God. Father, this is our prayer tonight, oh God. For we understand that fear can incapacitate us. Father, but love can embolden us. My God, we pray tonight that your love that gives us courage, that emboldens us. Father, Lord, let that love be poured and afresh in our hearts, oh God. Open our eyes to the fact that you love us with a perfect love. We thank you. did not spare your own son how will you not with him freely give us all things father tonight help us to understand that nothing can separate us from your love no darkness oh god no peril no turmoil no death nothing can separate us from your love help us to know this oh god in the times and even in the conditions that we may find ourselves we bless you. In the name of Jesus. 
second prayer point the same judges in chapter 7 in verse 4 the bible says then the lord said to gideon the people are still too many bring them down to the water and i will test them for you there therefore it shall be that he whom i say to you this one shall go with you it shall go with you but everyone of whom I said to you, this one shall not go with you, it shall not go. So he brought the people down to the water and the Lord said to Gideon, you shall separate everyone who laps water with his tongue as a dog laps. As well as everyone who kneels to drink. As Now you know, you know, the, you know the, the revelation in that is this. The ones that lapped like a dog just went to water. This was how they went. And they lapped like a dog. But the one that knelt, they knelt down. What does that mean? A position of comfort for yourself. And when I'm comfortable, it's very difficult for me to go through process with God. That was how God began to separate them. You and I are going to pray tonight that everything that we may be leaning on that is not of God, that God will open our eyes and then we can focus just on Him alone. I want you to lift up your voice. Hear me, this is a simple prayer, but yet they are the prayers that turn around our lives. Father, this is our prayer. Every area of my life where Lord I'm leaning on my own strength alone. My Lord open my eyes tonight. That Lord I will take my eyes off of myself. Father for your word declare Lord we should not be at ease. My Lord tonight I pray that Lord I will not find ease in my skill or in my personality or in anything that I own. My Lord God, I would not look for answers elsewhere, oh God, but Lord, that my eyes will be fixed and fixed on you alone. My Lord, tonight, I receive the grace to do that. I recognize in and of myself, I cannot do it. Lord, for your word declares, when you said unto Paul, you said, my grace is sufficient for you. For in my weakness, in your weakness, my strength is made perfect. My Lord, tonight, this is our prayer, that your grace will be sufficient for us, that Lord, our sufficiency will be in your grace and in your strength alone, oh God. That we will not find sufficiency in the words of man, oh God. Neither in the things that we depend on by ourselves. My Lord, let our dependency, oh God, be upon you. Therefore, Lord, we receive the grace to do that. We receive your grace to help us, oh God. To carry us in every situation, Father. In the name of Jesus, we give you praise tonight. 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 We are a testimony, oh God. We are a testimony, oh God. We are a testimony of brokenness. We are a testimony of process. We are a testimony of your finished work. We are a testimony, oh God, because we recognize, oh God, we are like the seed of corn that falls to the ground, oh God, and dies and produces many more fruit. Father, we want to thank you tonight, oh God, that whatever situation we find 
oh God, that is just a passing through. People say it like David said, yet though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. People recognize that we are walking through it, oh God. It is not a permanent position. It is just a temporary thing. We can say like Paul, the light afflictions, they are temporary things, oh God. But Lord, we can be emboldened, almighty God, to know that come what may, almighty God, we know the story is greater. For you said the latter end of a thing is greater than the beginning. We want to thank you because our latter end is great. Our latter end is great. Therefore, our Lord, we submit to process. We submit to brokenness. We submit to you, oh God, in all of our dealings, oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. We give you praise. Oh, we give you praise. Finally, before we round off, in verse 18, Gideon said, When I and all who are with me blow the trumpet, then you also blow the trumpet all around the camp and say, For the Lord and for Gideon, whatever you're going through, it is for you and it is for the Lord. I wish somebody will understand that tonight. That whatever you're going through, it is for you and it is for the Lord. You will come out great. You will come out smiling. You will come out fulfilled. You will come out established. You will come out soaring in the name of Jesus. Because it is for you and it is for the Lord. Turn to somebody say it is for me and it is for the Lord. Say it is for me and it is for the Lord. It is for me and it is for the Lord. This is my testimony. This is my declaration. This is a word that I hold on to. It is for me and it is for the Lord. Somebody give him praise tonight. 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 That is a revelation of the word of God. It is for you and it is for the Lord. It is for you and it is for the Lord. Whatever I'm going through, it is for me and it is for the Lord. It is for me and it is for the Lord. Though the giants may come, it is for me and it is for the Lord. To the glory of the Lord God Almighty, we bless you tonight.
We speak the peace of God over that situation. We speak the peace of God over your heart. We speak the peace of God. We declare it rests upon you. The peace of God that passes all understanding. We declare it upon that situation. We are coming out and we are declaring it is for us and it is for the Lord. We give you praise tonight because you are worthy of praise. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, give him praise tonight, his word. He has done great things. He has done Give him praise tonight is worthy. 